cultural historian. The occupation of White Australia as the act of unutterable shame. Another way of saying that is the unspeakable crime which Terra Nullis is. How do in war? During the native title, during that period of time, people, you know, there was this fear campaign, like, oh, they're going to take all our land as though they didn't steal it in the first place. So people should be scared, and we should, that's, maybe that's, those are conversations we probably need to have as a country, because we've not had them properly yet. We need to have a community. I think it's pretty fundamental. It's inevitable, it's going to happen. You get it right, it's a brand new day for all of us. Referendum question that counts is that do the Australian people support the Australian Parliament to have a treaty with the First Peoples of Australia? Hello and welcome to Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice stories from around the world. Today I'm bringing you recordings from the Mundali Baluk Sovereignty and Treaty Seminar held on the 4th of November 2016. The forum was one of many that have happened over the last year to raise awareness about the concept of First Peoples Sovereignty, what a treaty could look like and who has the right to negotiate it. As the Victorian government has finally made moves to begin negotiating a treaty with First Nations people. The forum was held on Woiwurrung and Bunurong country, Melbourne, Victoria, and is hosted by Lydia Thorpe. You'll hear from the speakers Robbie Thorpe, Nayuka Gori, and Gary Murray. Please note that these are just excerpts from the speeches that they gave. Unfortunately, I didn't have time to play them in their entirety, but I hope you enjoy this and that you feel inspired to get together with other people in your community to talk about treaty. Earth Matters is produced on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri in Fitzroy, Victoria and broadcast around the country thanks to the Community Radio Network. And we'll start out with Lydia Thorpe to introduce the forum. My name is Lydia Thorpe and I'm of the Japarung, Brakulung and Brakulung clans. Um, of the um, Gunai and Gunichamala languages. Sovereignty and, and treaty um, are obviously the, the hot topics of the day. The government is certainly interested in, in a treaty with, with the First Peoples um, and they're also about a self-determination agenda. Um, we believe that um, government's interpretation of self-determination isn't what we believe self-determination is, and I think that you'll hear that clearly um, with our speakers this afternoon. Um, So without further ado, I might introduce my uncle Robbie Thorpe. Um, My uncle Robbie Thorpe actually um, came to me when I was at um, high school and said, don't worry about Whitefellas, education, come with me. And at 14 I became a... Um, a teacher at the Courier Information Centre in Gertrude Street, Fitzroy. So um, Uncle Robbie's, you know, has been my life mentor. Um, and yeah, please welcome Uncle Robbie Thorpe. I want to cut straight to the chase here. Australia is the only Commonwealth country out of 76 Commonwealth countries not to have a treaty. You think about that? 
what did these other Indigenous people and other Commonwealth countries get that we didn't get? I just like to know what that was and uh, what sort of rights they were afforded. And the other point I'd like to really point out is the fact that you haven't got a treaty straight over means you're an ongoing crime scene. Treaty ends war. Creates a proper legal foundation if you recognise the other law here. That's what treaties do. It's about recognising our people. These other Commonwealth countries around, around the globe, they've got treaties. They've got some sort of uh, understanding where both sides sat. We know Australia denied Aboriginal people their existence, our humanity, and they denied us our most basic and fundamental human rights. This country has manifest from a, a convict penal colony, a British convict penal colony manifest. It's always been colonialism here. There's never been recognition for the first war, even in the Mabo days. We think that was a thing that was missing. You know, didn't recognise the precedent law, the oldest known socially organised society on the face of the earth, with the most ancient of laws, sustainable, not this backward, dehumanised colonial stuff, this pirate crap. That's all it is. This is an illegal occupation. And the crimes against our humanity are endless. You name the crime. Oz has done it to our people. We're basically uh, disease-free 200 years ago. Very healthy people. We had a place where our women had their own power and rights. Same as men, <coughs> children and our elders. We had a legal structure. We had a structure. A structure that's not recognised. Now, I, I really believe that the onus is on the occupiers of this land to justify their occupation. Know the truth. It's a legal occupation. It's all there. It's all in the history. I've said it a million times. I want to move on from that. I know if we did go to a court of law, wherever that may be, where we can find one of those things, there's not one here that can, can deal with the issues of sovereignty. And asking the courts in Australia is like asking the criminals to determine the outcomes of the crimes they commit. We're not going to get any justice there. We're going to drag this Ray James sorry ass through the International Criminal Court for whatever that's worth. Now, this conspiracy is at that international level as well. The United Nations, what have they done? Why is Australia subject to the Convention for the Prevention and the Punishment for the Crime of Genocide? Since 1949, it never happened. The Race Discrimination Act, another international convention in Australia, suspended at will, particularly when they deal with our issues. Look at the intervention, Northern Territory, the 10 point plan, the removal of our other representative body, that's it, all required the suspension of the Race Discrimination Act. You know, the rights of children, refugees, women. Australia doesn't give a damn. Doesn't give a damn about those international laws. Unless it's a sporting club, I guess. They're subject to international people. You know, makes you wonder. 
the fact that Australia hasn't got no legal foundation makes it a crime scene ongoing. And it's knowing, knowing. Australians aren't stupid. And we're not, you know, our people have been around long enough. We're not stupid people. Our people seen Cook. My people seen Cook on the, on the 90 mile beach on the 14th of April, on 1770. And we get our own perspective on what shit be. And we know what their intent was then. We've been living with this, our people. What is it, 200 million? I think in 2020, that's 250 years. Could be something, we could work something out there, I reckon. Another 250 years of being occupied illegally, not better get a treaty sorted out by that time. In fact, you know, it's 2020. Isn't that 2020 vision? It's easy to understand. You know, we, we know we've got a crime here called genocide, ongoing, unresolved. There's been never no relief. Nothing, no church has helped us. In fact, they're part of all this stuff. They're part of this conspiracy to destroy our people. The intent to destroy is still with us. And the evidence of it, there's no treaties. There's no treaty of peace. There's no peace accord. So we've been living under those circumstances, under that, that duress. Our rights have never, ever been recognised. People have been struggling all their lives. Never give up. Because, you know, we understand, you know, we understand human rights and human needs and that. Now, human, land rights is not just for our people. Land rights is, the land is our mother, and we look after the land, our mother, because that looks after all of us in the end of the day, and our future generations. And like I said, we don't own nothing, but we're the authority here. We're the customary law. We're the caretakers. I just want to end on what I just uh, noticed the other day. Is David Suzuki, guy. He spent 40 years as a scientist, environmental scientist. He came out to Australia that day and he was in tears. And he was saying that he based 40 years of his life studying the sciences when he could have walked across the road where he lived in Canada to the Aboriginal Reservation and spoke to the old people there. And he would have saved himself 40 years to try and understand stuff. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for having me. And, um, you know, we need to have a community. I think it's pretty fundamental. It's inevitable it's going to happen. We get it right, it's a brand new day for all of us. <laughs> You've just been listening to Robbie Thorpe talking up sovereignty and treaty. Earth Matters is produced on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri in Fitzroy, Victoria and broadcast around the country thanks to the Community Radio Network. Next up, we've got Nayuka Gori. She's a youth worker, campaigner, writer and proud Gunai Kurnai Gundichmara Wurundjeri and Yoda Yoda woman. I'd like to acknowledge the country we're meeting on and also acknowledge mob who are watching and mob in the room. And hello to all the settlers. Um... <laughs> I think it's really, it's really, it feels like a pretty interesting time to be alive, although I'm sure everyone feels like that. I'm sure no one's been like, what a boring time to be alive. (laughs) But it does feel, in terms of black stuff, it does seem like a really interesting time. Um, And I feel like this treaty process could be historic. And I definitely feel like it's too important to stuff up and... The cynical part of me does feel like maybe that maybe that's where we are headed, possibly, or it, yeah, I don't know. I think um, 
I feel like there's not really much I could add to the discussion around treaty when there are people sitting either side of me who have been fighting for much, like, you know, more than I've been alive. So I guess I have some provocations or some questions to ask um, for people who are watching or in the room. Um, The thing I've been thinking about the most is, or the thing that I've observed is... Like, do, for the black fellas in the room and watching, do we realise our own sovereignty? Is this something that we accept ourselves? I think um, for a lot of us growing up, the most that we can ever hope for is to do well in a broken system or a system that's not designed for us. And we're taught to just go along to get along and it's much easier to conform and to do well is to, like, get a job and maybe get a mortgage on stolen land. Um, so we're essentially brainwashed or assimilated to buy into a dream that that isn't necessarily for us or designed for us or what we want so if you have years of conditioning to think that that's the right way to go about life then what does it mean to do like if a treaty process is something that nations or governments negotiate with the state then we have to accept our own sovereignty first Um, Or at least this is an observation I have. So I've been thinking a lot about, like, what does that mean personally to accept your own, to step into your own sovereignty or realise that you are a sovereign person? And then what does that mean or what does that look like structurally to be a sovereign people? And what does that look like? It's like, it's... I feel like I can't think outside of memes, but there's this really funny meme (laughs) of, like, Krusty the Crab, who's a character in the show Spongebob Squarepants and it's um, Krusty the Crab is looking really confused and I feel like when I realised like my sovereignty the fact that I never never did my people or never did I consent to this imposition known as Australia, I felt like Krusty the Crab, it was like a very groundbreaking moment and I wonder like is this a necessary thing that we all have to realise that we've never consented and that a treaty perhaps is that moment where we do consent or at least have a say. Because um, it's, yeah, it's super, it is really weird, like, when you have this realisation and you realise that in many other colonial states or through the history of colonialism, often in other de- decolonising um, decolonization processes... Often the colonisers left, so they're, like, pissed off. Um, and we, we live in a settler colonial state, which means we live with our colonisers. So what does it mean to live with your coloniser and how are you meant to get along in life and, like, be happy and live your best life when, when there is an imposition? Um, so these are other things that I've been wondering In terms of what's happening at the moment, I feel like as part of this assimilation process, we're taught to think that whatever we get, whatever scrap or handout we get, we should be happy with. And often that feels like, in terms of a treaty process, it feels like at this stage that the government are leading the treaty process. And so the frame that they are creating we have to accept it, or it feels like we have to accept it. We don't have to. 
there is, we've not signed anything and there is power in saying no and there is power in walking away when something isn't good enough. We've seen historically what it looks like, say native title or say other things, where at the time it seems like a really good thing to do, but actually later on it could be not a good thing or quite bad or damaging. So we do still have power to say no if what we are presented with is crap. We can walk away from that. I would hate to, in my lifetime, for something really, really crappy to be signed when, you know, in 20 or 30 years' time, when we actually really need to exercise something, that we've already signed something away. I think also an observation is that because people have been fighting for a treaty so long, the fact that we're talking about it, people might feel like the job is done. Um, Treaties alone don't solve anything. We've seen historically that unless they're given teeth, that they, don't, they can be quite meaningless. Um, Waitangi is a really good example of that. There were two different translations, and they, it wasn't really, until activists in the 70s and 80s, young Māori activists really stood up, it wasn't given teeth until then. So treaties alone don't... It's not going to solve everything. We're not going to miraculously like live the lives that we want to live for ourselves. So if... If we are, if we're accepting a framework that we don't want, we don't have to accept that framework. We can do our own processes if we want to. Um, there's this like theory of campaigning theory that if you're communicating with someone, and if you're in a campaign, and say the government are talking about things in a particular way. The moment you as a campaigner or you as a communicator accept that framework, then you accept what they're saying. Or in a way you accept what they're saying. So I I look at treaties in this way that the government have established or are establishing a framework, but we also have the power to change that. And we we have the power, or I believe, maybe I'm really optimistic, but I believe we have the power to force the government into the way that we see things. Or at least I hope we don't have to say yes to anything we don't want to. We have a right to say no to something really, really crap. And I would hate for my kids or grandkids to want to exercise something that doesn't have teeth. Um, and yeah, that's it for now. Thank you for listening. And that was Nayuka Gori. Uh, talking at the Sovereignty and Treaty Forum in November last year in Melbourne on the lands of the Woiwurrung and Bonarung. And next up, we have Gary Murray. He's an executive member of the Victorian Traditional Owner Land Justice Group. Good evening, folks. I'm Gary Murray. I'm from the Ops, Murray River, in the Wimmera area, including Benigan. I'm um, Wiradjuri, Jutarawa, Naughty Order, Baraparap, Lamba, Jajawarone, and Wurugaya. Um, and uh, uh, we've obviously got clans across those language groups. They're the language groups, so we moved down a bit. I'm going to talk to you about, and it's a hard act to follow young people and, and people like probably thought we've been on a treaty trail for a long time. Um, we are involved in the treaty negotiations. And from my own perspective, we're involved in City of Moreland, 
who have um, resolved at council level to do a treaty dialogue with the Wurundjeri and the First Peoples that are out in the City of Mormon area. So we're going to pursue that pretty vigorously over the coming weeks once the council is sworn in on the 7th of November. We're also involved in the state treaty process with um, the Interim Treaty Working Group. From the Land Justice Group's perspective, I think we lasted about four meetings and then we decided it wasn't for us. So we withdrew, not for lots of reasons. Um, the Land Justice Group established in 2005 and it dealt with a lot of matters, you know, native title, cultural heritage, natural resource management. We support a clan-based treaty. We're not interested in a recognised campaign outside of one simple fact, and that is that recognise the Referendum Council, National Aboriginal Congress. They've spent a lot of money, $300 million in the last five years, yet they have not come up with the referendum question. And the only referendum question that counts is that do the Australian people support the Australian Parliament to have a treaty with the First Peoples of Australia. Pretty simple, isn't it? $300 million later, we haven't got to that question. They have now stalled the referendum from May next year to the year after. And they've basically done that, paused it, because of what's going on in Victoria. Compliments of the First Peoples here and the, uh, the Premier and the Cabinet. And I've got to take me out off to a certain extent to the State Government. At least they've got the courage to have a go. How far they go will depend on how hard we negotiate. Let there be no mistake about it. What we're trying to do here is not repeat past treaties from Canada or America or New Zealand or the Samis. We're out to create our own unique model of treaty or treaties. And it's not just, well, on one treaty either, it might be other people, it might be regional treaties. That needs to be worked out. I suppose we've heard from Robbie about the philosophical stuff and, you know, the the sort of things about sovereignty. Sovereignty is a state of mind. I'm sovereign. I'm not in the mood to go out and rob a bank because it's illegal. I'm sovereign. I've got law. I respect that law. And I respect other people's rights as well. Um, here's a model that the Land Justice Group has come up with. And our model is premised on being inclusive, Clan-based, democratic, it, you know, a really good model. 50,000 First Peoples across 35 language groups. That's the constituency for getting consent. Now, in 50,000 First Peoples, there's only 20,000 that are voting age. Out of 18. We've got to make sure that we don't just get 500 or 1,000 of our people turning up to the state's forums. That's what happened in the first phase, and that's what's going in the second phase. We've got to get out there. 
we've got to set up treaty circles for our own mob and all the networks and supporters that they have out there. You white fellas, we're not leaving you out either. I said inclusive. That includes you. You need to set up treaty circles. I'm going to leave you with this. Um, my grandfather said you can play the black notes on a piano and you can play the white notes on a piano. But to get harmony, you've got to play both. You white people need to get them treaty circles going. Thank you very much. We need to have more conversations like this. Um, one of the things that keeps coming up is, you know, how, how, what can non-Aboriginal people do in this process? And it's about continuing the conversations with your families, with your colleagues, um, with, with as many white people as you possibly can, um, because we can't do this alone. And keep the conversation going. We, you know, the treaty is long overdue and we ain't given up. Um, so thanks. Thanks for tuning in to Earth Manners, environmental stories with a social justice focus. Thanks to Lydia and Robbie Thorpe, Gary Murray and Naika Gori for their voices, to the Mundani Baloch organising team and to AC Hunter for recording the event on Woiwurrung and Bunurung country. If you'd like to share this program or listen to previous shows, you can find our podcast at 3cr.org.au forward slash earthmatters and you can find us on Facebook, Earth Matters 3CR Radio, or Twitter, Earth Capital M Radio. Thanks so much to the Community Broadcasting Association for their generous financial support, and to the good people at the Community Radio Network for getting this show out to community radio stations across the country. Earth Matters was produced in the studios of 3CR Community Radio Station in Fitzroy, Victoria, on the lands of the Wurundjeri, for which sovereignty has never been ceded. And we pay respect to the elders, past and present. What I played for you today was just a small part of the Mundani Baluk Sovereignty and Treaty Forum and a little taste of some of the conversations that have been happening in Victoria. And it's going to be a very interesting year coming up with the ongoing treaty talks. And tune in again next week for more news and views on environmental issues from all around the planet. And now we'll go out with a cover version of Treaty, originally by Yothu Yindi. And this one's performed by Kutcher Edwards and Shelley Morris.
Fire First brings you a historical perspective on Australia's unfinished business. Indigenous and non-Indigenous activists will comment on current affairs. Join Robbie Thorpe, Claire Land and Phantom on Fire First every Wednesday from 11am till 12 midday on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. Do you want to dig down into the dirt and find out what's going on in the activist community? Are you concerned about environmental and social justice? Friends of the Earth has a new radio show, Dirt Radio, Mondays 10.30 on 3CR. Join us to dig the dirt. Thanks for listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We rely on the financial support of listeners like yourself to keep going. If you'd like to support diverse voices on your radio, go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.